Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Betches Media presents... I really want to lose three pounds. Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. Diet starts tomorrow. Exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. I want to quit the gym. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. With hosts Aileen Cooperman... Joey does a shampoo! And Sammy Fishbein. Whatever, I'm getting cheese fries. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Sammy. And I'm Aileen. And today we are joined by a fan favorite and a personal favorite, uh, Lisa Haim, aka at The Well Necessities. Um, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be back. You guys have like the nicest audience. Everybody's, everybody's amazing that comes through DST. It's been so long. Like, okay, we did, remember we did an Insta Live sort of in the beginning of quarantine. That is the biggest water bottle I've ever seen, by the way, that you're drinking right now. <laughs> that I'm, is- I'm pushing this water bottle hard. 50 ounces, stays insulated for 36 hours. Is it heavy? And why does everyone ask that? Fill it? Like, what is the concern that with the heaviness? How do you fill Where it? Where do you fill it? Like, like just for everybody, obviously, who cannot uh, see... Lisa is like a holding keg. a keg, <laughs> essentially. Um, but anyway, so we did our we did our Insta Live. Like, doesn't it feel like a year ago? It feels so long ago. And just listening to your last episode on intuitive eating, I mean, it's essentially a lifelong ago for you because mm-hmm. Aileen, you have come so far in your journey. Thanks. I'm trying. And a- as you heard on the last episode, it's because you helped me like get into it. So thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your experience. It was um, just one thing I just wanted to call out from that. I'm sure you've got a little overlap of listeners is you said that Elise, Elise, right? That's who you worked with. You said that Elise gave you hope. Yeah. But I, what I heard when she said like, you're going to get through this, I think what she saw is what like the world sees, which is just your capabilities that you don't see. Like so nice. that's really what I thought came through because I don't believe in hope. Like we're here today to talk about mindfulness and mindfulness means like surrendering to this moment. And as strange as it sounds to be okay without hope, um, when we say like, kind of like fuck hope for lack of a better word there, we're forced to surrender right here. Um, and then we can truly see what that is, which is your capabilities. Thanks feeling capable. So <laughs> thank you. Um, so I know Sammy has been, she's like, have you been watching Lisa's stories? I was like, yes. So Sammy, tell us what you're inspired by that Lisa's been doing recently on story. Yeah. So I felt, I mean, you're just saying how like much has changed since like the beginning of quarantine. And I mean, I know I've watched, you know, your stories throughout this and I noticed that you seem to have changed not like you know fundamentally but like i can tell that you're just in a different on a different wavelength maybe than before and it happens to be the exact wavelength that like i need right now because i've been feeling like 
so much anxiety like this. I describe it as like a constant buzzing in my body of like, like I feel like electric Um, and just like kind of on just like I'm constantly holding my breath. Um, Look at that body language. I wish everyone could see it. Yeah. And um, I speak to my therapist about this a lot, but you know, that's one hour a week. Um, but when I thought when like your story is basically sort of like really complement, I guess, like what I'm working on in therapy, which is like this mindfulness that I find very hard to like maintain for any long semblance of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know, I guess watching them sort of like is a reminder for me that they're, you know, okay. Like in the course of my Instagram scrolling, which I use as like a soother, which ultimately just hypes me up more and causes me to hold my breath more. In the midst of that, I'll get the reminder from you, like, you know, all of a sudden your stories are like very peaceful and like reminding me like, oh, I can breathe. I should breathe right now. I should like be here. Um, So I don't know. That's just been like very, uh, it's, you know, made an impression on me lately. And yeah, that's why I wanted to chat with you. Yeah. So what's the, changed, Lisa? You know, I, I've, I'm hard to see yourself, but I've heard from Sammies, I'll call them, like people who I've never heard from before that are kind of saying the same thing. And um, it's interesting for sure because I'm, I'm in it, so it's hard to know that something changed. But at the same time, people telling me that, you know, they come to me for this is helping me um, up level and show up. So I think it's still reciprocal, which is really exciting because um, in this exact moment in time when this is being recorded, I'm, I can't get into like some personal stuff that's going on, but I am being thrown for a loop. And typically what I would do is shut down the Instagram, um, you know, like turn off the tabs and essentially I'm doing the opposite because I'm needed and there's a time and a place for, for both options. But for right now, knowing that I'm needed and without sharing the things that I can't share, it's helping me show up and bring the, the parts that are keeping me grounded. Um, and people are, are latching on to the general things that I'm saying and sharing. And so it has helped me tremendously. Well, first of all, I'm sorry that you're being thrown no, for, this a, is life. for a loop or whatever it is. But yeah. what, I, what, I, what I kind of think where I see the shift as having happened with you is that obviously we had BLM and that was a big conversation. Um, you know, it still is a big conversation. But at the time when it was sort of the only conversation I noticed that you did, you approached it very differently than a lot of other people. Um, I think that people were very scared of either saying something or saying the wrong thing or not saying anything. Admitting faults. Yeah. Admitting fault in any way. But I, what I noticed was that you like, sometimes my reaction to what people say, I'm like, why don't you just shut up? Like, why don't you don't, you know, you don't have to say something is kind of like my reaction to people. And what I noticed was that you actually were like someone who did that. Like you kind of like went and you said right. that you, you know, went and like, so thank you. Thanks you didn't for... say anything stupid until you like thought about it. Yeah, exactly. Took some time. So I actually really yeah. appreciate you kind of like ex- bringing that up because that is kind of what happened and how I ended up where I am in this second. So BLM happened really fast. And, you know, as a quote unquote public figure, which I never sought out to be, there was a lot of pressure to figure it out real quick. And the problem with that is not knowing what you don't know. And the last thing I wanted to do was cause more harm by saying the wrong thing. At the same time, the pressure was, you know, say something or you're, you're complicit or whatever people were saying. So, um, you know, in that, that week of intensity where we were muting ourselves and amplifying melanated voices, um, I felt like um, a shell of myself because I was going so quick and I felt a little bit like a sheep because I couldn't figure out my own thoughts and also wanted to do the right thing. And it was just this whole kind of thing where I was like, 
okay, I, I, you know, I do want to use this time to amplify melanated voices. People are listening. I know I need to be here right now to do my part, to use my platform, which I is a large and part of all the privileges that I've been exposed to. Um, and so I wanted to give that week. And then what I do, a practice that I started about a year ago is simply to unplug, to go phone free. Um, I recognize that this is not something that a lot of people can do. I don't have children. I work from home. Obviously, we're all working from home now. But when I started this, it means literally turning off my cell phone for um, at least a week to um, like do everything. Yeah, At least a week. A week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Usually seven days. Yeah. I, I think I, I went two weeks this time. How did you get in touch with anyone? Like, so it's not completely digital. When I've, <laughs> when, um, yeah. So it's not completely digital when I've done this um, in the past, I use my computer. I'm still working. You know, any of my stuff is still happening on my computer. Any phone calls can go through voice audio, but without the cell phone, I mean, I take this thing to, to pee, to, yeah. to when I go to the bathroom, you know? And so, so many tabs are open and we're getting, streams of information all the time. And that's the noise, you know, you know, I say fork the noise, the noise is coming in in so many places. Sometimes we need to remove that noise so we can find that inner voice and understanding. So it was clearly time for me to pull one of these that I was due for anyway. Um, I also felt like the best way to contribute to um, amplifying black voices is to not take up space on the internet right now when I don't, I'm not moving people forward. I'm not moving backwards. I'm not talking about my normal things, you know, just, it was also my last two weeks living in Washington, DC. I wanted to be super present for them, all that back in April. So we're talking June here. Um, I signed up for an online program called the power of awareness and, um, it didn't begin until June, and it was kind of the perfect storm where all of a sudden the exact start date was the date that I, um, you know, was unplugging, whatever. So, you know, my days didn't have much structure other than, you know, wake up, do the, do a module or a lesson of this course, really sit with it, and then continue on my day. Um, and so this course really played a huge impact into um, I think like, again, Sammy, what you're like relating to. Um, and I think that it's a mindfulness training course and I signed up for it because in the midst of Corona and COVID, I needed to just like hunker down with something. Um, it felt very selfish, um, in the middle of June to be doing self work, quote unquote, when, and privileged and all the things, you know, but what came out of it was, the most important thing in my opinion when it comes to black lives matter the the politics all of that because i got really clear on first of all like my role i got clear on what i actually believe in i got clear on my voice again and most of all i got more clear on how to communicate so that um i could be i could be heard and i could listen because essentially what's happening in the political state is like you've got Democrats and Republicans and nobody's trying to actually talk to each other. They're just trying to win. Um, and I'm sure you have friends who disagree with you politically, Sammy. I know you're like, you know, such a, a strong person. But in my personal life, there are people that don't agree with me politically. And how am I going to stay engaged in these conversations without shutting down? How am I going to, you know, how can I bring us together? Because I believe people are more alike than different. And it starts with understanding people differently and moving out of emotional reactivity into logic. And when we start, when we move away from that, like da -da 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 -da, that we're all going for, you can get somebody to hear you. Um, and so on a very small scale, I feel like I'm just better able to stay in hard conversations that need to be had on the front line. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. 
and you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there, and they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life, so it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to newly, that's N-U-U-L-Y dot com and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. You know how kind of all these like ills that we're experiencing you know, the, the debates over the masks, the fact that like politics are so polarized and no one can really listen to each other. I think that's because, not because of like the issues themselves, although obviously the issues themselves are issues. It's more, it's, it's, but people ultimately are the ones causing and putting these things into place. And, and ultimately the world and the circumstances of it are caused by people. And I think that what you prov- are providing, or at least like for me, is sort of like the tools to make sort of the basic emotional tools that we're not really taught um, mm-hmm. that would make, like, uh, give a foundation for human beings to sort of, like, just relate to each other better. So just, than, can we yeah. share, can you share yeah, what those tools are just because, like, we've yeah. given our, we've, how we feel about the tools, but let's right. share what, yeah. what said tools. Right. Okay. So are. everything that I'm like, that I've been speaking about last week, which I, I did a five days where I covered um, four or five days where I covered a topic that I learned from the online program are not my ideas. Um, this comes from Tara Brock and Jack Hornfield, who are two mindfulness pioneers. Um, there are just incredible people and they, they have a real gift of, teaching masterfully and bringing really untangible things like mindfulness, like you said, to like giving it an image and helping you grasp it. So last week we talked about resource thing, which is one of the ones that you mentioned that really spoke to you, Sam, right? Yeah. So resourcing and is, is kind of about re- recognizing that, um, let me kind of back up for a second, actually. So what happens in our brains? We have the limbic system and the prefrontal cortex. The limbic is emotional, reactive, stores memory about fear and anger. And the prefrontal cortex is um, about logic and executive planning and, you know, rational behavior. The limbic system, um, when we are emotional, we shift into that limbic year. We're emotional, we're angry, we lash out, we have an urge to get our words out quickly to, you know, prove that we're right. When we're rational, when we're in the prefrontal cortex, we can um, be logical. And the problem is, is that many of us are stuck in the limbic and we don't know that we're stuck in the limbic because it feels all too real. It feels all too dangerous for lack of a better word. So we are in fear mode or fight, flight, flee. So for many of us, we store fear different. We react to fear differently. Some people are fighters, some people run, um, and some people freeze. Um, I'm a freezer. I don't know what you guys are. Fight. I'm all of them. Yeah. Yes, you're all of them. Yeah. (laughs) What about you, Aileen? I don't know. I think I'm like a, 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 a fear. Is that was one of them? Fight. What was it? Fight, fight, flight. flight, flee. Freeze. Freeze, freeze. Freeze, fight. I think I, 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 I go between fleeing and or freezing. I can't remember. So maybe or fighting. you're all three too. I you're really like, will like to fight. <laughs> um, so yeah, you are more. In that moment is that we are completely using the wrong side of our brain. Um, and the first thing we need to do is bring mindful awareness to the fact that we're doing that. But in order to, to shift gears, to shift out of that, that brain that's going to get us nowhere into the one that's going to get us very far from limbic to prefrontal, we need to resource. We need to get to safe land. We need to let the mind and the body know we're not in actual danger. There is no immediacy. There's no animal chasing us like the body thinks that there is. You know what I mean by that? 
So we are conditioned from an evolutionary standpoint to respond to fear, to store it in our bodies, to literally protect us, to survive. But now we're at the point where the body doesn't know the difference between um, fear of a predator or just fear of whatever else. And it responds in that same way. So resourcing means, okay, I'm in this, this triggered mode, for lack of a better word. I need to make myself, I need to make space. I need to get to safe land. I need to resource, use my resources um, to get to safe land so that I can shift gears. And it's important that you know your resources before you get to this phase. So right now in your calm state, what are things that soothe you? Very typical ones are breath, inhaling and exhaling, connecting that mind-body immediately. Yes, sighing is so important. That's actually a huge relief, Aileen. I saw you go, like, let it out. Let your body know that it's safe. Um, putting your hand on your belly, you have nerves in your stomach. Uh, Sammy, you had said that, like, you said there's buzzing in your body, right? Like, that's a sign that you're disconnected right now. And it's amazing, by the way, that you have that awareness. So you're in that pre-step that says, okay, I feel the buzzing. I'm disconnected. What do I need to do to connect? So use that buzzing, that feeling, and we all hold it in different places in our bodies, in our stomach, in our heads, in our neck, in our leg, to be your cue that you need to resource to get back to safe land, to come back to the connected place so that your words or behaviors um, have the intent that you want them to. So I, I recently shared that for me, resourcing can be really like childish, like it's the things we need to do feel safe. I like to grab my blankie and like sniff it. I'm 32 years old, whatever, <laughs> like I need to crawl up in a ball. Sometimes it's the things we think we need the least, like Evan, when he tries to hold me, when I'm like, you know, really in a panic mode, it's like, get away from me. I can't handle that. But really, if you embrace human touch from either yourself or, or someone else, you can breathe again. And you're shifting gears out of that fear into the rational place. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like I can, I'm, I thought of like two kind of moments and most recent, like in the last maybe week and a half that these, that kind of comes up and I, I use different resources sort of to cope with those. Um, one being that, Sammy, I agree, like, and I notice it now because I'm a lot more aware, like I was saying, like intuitive eating has made me a little bit more mindful in general about everything in my life or just aware of things. And like, I'm a little bit easier on them. I'm less judgmental about those things. I'm just kind of observing from a neutral standpoint. So like I came back from the Hamptons to the city and I noticed again, like the buzzing, like it's sort like you said, like the vibrating. I'm like just a little bit less connected with my feelings. I'm using more food to cope. I'm just like a little bit more. And I'm like, I think the difference is in my environment. Like it has to be, there's really no other change that has happened in like within the last few days. So instead of being like, oh my God, I need to get out. I need to get out. I'm just like, okay, let's just breathe through it. We're a, we notice it how lucky you are that you're thinking about moving and just move on like that. And that's it. Just like not and really so, stay, wait, stay with it. Yeah. That beautifully said and kind of transitions into the other topic that we were talking about last week, which is called emotional stuffing and emotional stuffing is something we do is that we're afraid to touch, get to the scary emotions. And so we stuff them down and we, we numb ourselves essentially. Um, and what you did, Aileen, really beautifully is you brought curiosity to the fear. And I think this applies to everything. I think you gave a great example there. I think you gave a great example in your last episode on DST about looking at your arm and saying that it's fat. Um, <laughs> that example, at least. Yeah. You know, now you're saying, okay, so basically what we're doing is you see your arm, you say, and you say it's fat. You can't, or you look at it and you say, oh, stupid. Yeah. That you know, Keep it on. And, and maybe you notice it now. You say, "Okay, that's strange that I just said that. Why? Yeah. Why am I thinking like that? What sort of tension does that cause in my body?" Okay, because typically what you do, okay, look down. My arm looks fat. I'm going to go on a diet. But yeah. by bringing curiosity to it, you can get to the deeper thing. Okay, I feel fat. I feel like my entire body is going to get fat. If all my entire body's fat, then I'm not going to fit into my clothes and I'm not going to be loved or belong. It usually comes down to rejected. Yeah. 
usually comes down to rejection and a deep feeling of unworthiness. And we're terrified to get down there. But if we don't stuff that emotion down, if we bring curiosity to that fear point, to that place where when you came back to your apartment and you observed, you get in touch with that deep thing, which is a fear of rejection or I'm scared of what's next, whatever it is. And a natural softness um, um, emerges. And that's what self-compassion truly is. It's choosing care where criticism normally has been. Um, and That's a great quote. It, Put it on I a love quote that. card. I love that. <laughs> so yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and this probably came from Tara into my brain. So I don't want to like steal anybody's quote, but self-compassion I think is moving um, out of replacing care where criticism used to be. Um, and it's easy, believe it or not, when we do not emotionally stuff. So we think that we need to like kind of put this big effort on to show ourselves love. But really, when we get to the root of everything we've been stuffing on, a natural, it's kind of a funny word, but a natural tenderness arises. And then we're able to be soft with ourselves, which allows everything to switch because we no longer have that anxiety buzzing because we've dealt with the underlying cause and look it wasn't that scary beyond anger which or and fear and 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 all these big emotions that we're afraid to touch is something very normal Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Can I ask a question about almost like the crossroads between the buzzing and the decision to emotionally stuff or bring curiosity, resource, accept your feelings? So like, Because something I want to say about the buzzing is that once you're in it a lot and you're disconnected, it's almost like a little bit addicting to continue being disconnected. Because stuff like emotional eating, which is physically like stuffing. Yeah, no, that's definitely a form of an endless bag of popcorn, and you're just Mm -hmm. constantly filling it. (laughs) Another way when I another way I do that though, which is not. food is my phone where like I could sit here and be mindful or I could open Instagram again for the third time this minute and check because that's like a quicker hit of serotonin. It feels more immediate Mm -hmm. than like the maybe five minutes it might take to reconnect. And then there's also a feeling a little bit of like, once I reconnect, how do I stay? It might not even be worth it. Okay. Well, two things. Number one is you're more aware than you think you're aware. And knowing that, um, knowing that, that the Instagram is giving you this, it's not just, it's not serotonin. Serotonin is just happy, right? It's giving you anxiety or it gives me anxiety. I do very little scrolling. It's like on a height. It's giving it's you a, like a boost. It's, like a, it's some um, sort of arousal. Yeah. It's adrenaline of, of some sort, right? Like it, an arousal I think is a better word than than, than really anything else. But I think it's important to say, how does this make me feel? Um, personally, I know for me, you know, those gossip accounts on Instagram are like all the rage right now. Those like anonymous ones that are, Mm -hmm. you know, doing celebrities and influencers. Um, personally, I just had to not 
like I had to unfollow those because I was noticing how negative it made me feel. Like I didn't need all this information about all these people that I don't really care about. It was lowering my vibe. And so thinking about what is lowering your vibe, um, this girl, Isabel on Instagram, she's the cutest thing ever, came up with an exercise called, or she mentioned an exercise called low vibe and high vibe. And in your state right now, you know, come up with things that make you, that, that lower your vibe and things that raise your vibe. And it could change all the time. Like for me, like, TikTok is low vibe right now. Like might switch down the line where I just feel really inspired by what's going on there. But like for me right now, that's just like too much going on. I don't really get it. Like don't need to, don't need that. Um, so I think tuning in to you, what, what is good for you or, and what is not is the first step. Does that make sense? And that's how you discover what your resources are. Things that are um, high vibe? No, no, uh, no. That was kind of just a separate oh. exercise. Oh, okay. Covering what, what your resources are are really um, a simple way to what do I need to reconnect? So again, simple ones could be planting your feet on the earth, the gravity pulling you down, your hand on your belly, breathing. Um, it could be calling a friend. What are your What are your things that make you feel safe and connected? Can I share another um, experience? Yeah. <laughs> um, I so I was feeling. I this was when I was wasn't in the city. I was feeling very like you know, at peace with myself, I get an, a random email from my mother and it's just like a, a criticism, like out of nowhere, a criticism. Right. And I just, I start sh like physically shaking. Like I was in the middle of a conversation with my mother-in-law and I just like, I was like, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. Like I'm going through something. And I, you know, that like, I just replied. I, I mean, I wrote my reply, deleted, wrote another reply, deleted like that emotional trigger immediately. But then I was like, what's going to make me just calm down right now? Because there is no response necessary. And I texted a friend who can relate to this exact thing. And that made me feel so much better. And I just didn't answer. And then I saw that situation sort of like above myself. And I looked down at it and I'm like, this is so stupid. <laughs> this email is so dumb. Like, like, so you were in fight mode. I was in you... immediate. That's what I mean. I was in fight mode. I wanted to write back like, like the ex a worse criticism. Right. But then when I pulled myself out of it, I was like, what is that going to do? Logic, like you said, like being just a logical person. I'm like, knowing her, she's going to use whatever I say against me even worse. This is a silly road to go down. This is just your your mother, she has her own flaws. You know, she's, she's doing, you know, again, like, like you would dissect for a friend. Right. So I, you, like, I, like you said, I like that you said that resourcing doesn't necessarily have to be like super tiny, like mindful touching your stomach, but it could right. be like reaching out for help or just right. like changing topic in your head in a, yep. in a, I mean, yeah, for me, um, I've got one or two friends that I know are like great resources for me that, you know, just help me get back to baseline. It, it, it's just important that those people that you reach out to, um, you know, are solid um, and, and evaluating who they are beforehand. Sammy, I just don't want to forget your question. Like, how do we stay in it? And I think that's the beauty of it is we can't ever get it right. First of all, this is all a practice. And there are going to be moments where we, you know, are like Aileen in that moment where we gain space and the ego doesn't win and the ego was feeling threatened. So it was trying to defend itself. And there are moments when we zoom out and we put the ego on the back seat and we, we don't. And, and the key is, as Tara says, is to remember to remember. So the hard part, the easy part here is knowing that we have resources, right? Like you're chill, you know that you've got Avi, you know that like, you know, you know what the things are you need, but in the heat of it, when you're feeling buzzy, when you're feeling disconnected, can you remember to remember that you have these resources? Um, and so recognizing and then even when you say, okay, like I, I messed up, I reacted again, that's a new opportunity to bring that compassion and forgiveness and understanding that care instead of criticism before you go right back into that same feedback loop. So the expression is neurons that wire together, fire together. The more we um, give 
power to a thought, the more it happens, the more I look at my arm and say, you're fat. And then I start a diet. And then, you know, my arm, I look at my arm, it's fat diet. The more I get into that loop, the more I reinforce it. But if I break that loop with curiosity and new thoughts over time, we're creating brand new, we're changing our biochemistry and neuroplasticity. And like, it's incredible. Like this isn't just, you know, kumbaya. This is legit brain changing stuff. And I think that's what you're seeing, Sammy, is my, I feel that I have a new brain. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's definitely like full, you know, we have to basically rewire ourselves especially when like if you come from like a chaotic household where you didn't have resources that's why i think the resourcing thing was so like revolutionary to me because like i re i really remember as a child feeling like i'm floating in a i have to figure it out for myself like there's nothing holding me and that's not really the case anymore um in my life but i'm used to that so i what you said like remembering to remember you have to literally like retrain yourself that like it's not how it was or maybe it still is but that you are not how you were um exactly yeah and everybody listening i'm not like i'm not a therapist or anything these are my own personal um self work that i'm happy to share so that everyone else can do the self work and also big asterisk you know i've been in therapy my whole life and i think a lot of the groundwork um, from working on a personal level was so helpful that this program kind of met me exactly where I needed it. So um, if, if what the program that I'm talking, I can give you guys the link for it. I think the next one's in September. If people are interested to know that nothing should be looked at as a, um, a pure fix, things, this can complement therapy. Um, How long does it take to sort of like make a substantial rewiring and because that's really my question kind of for my therapist. Like how many times do I have to like do this until it becomes like not as difficult? And aside from that, let's say you're in the process of it because obviously the answer is a long time. Um, mm -hmm. How do you like know you're making progress so you don't want to just give up? Yeah, so I think those questions are kind of one and the same. And the, the thing, you know, that happened when I started this program and it could be my readiness or my willingness, but I started using the tools immediately. Um, accidentally, uh, the program is basically like a lesson and then a meditation. So you're kind of like embodying it. And I know you might resist that part, but it's like, it, it was concreting the concepts for me, but I found myself, you know, Evan would come home, my husband would come home after work and we'd be in conversation and typically where I would react and get myself into the same like little tiff with him. I found space immediately by this, this, this skill to pause, um, Tara uses the, the, this acronym RAIN, and it stands for recognize, um, bring awareness to it, investigate, and nurture. And so when something would upset me, I would recognize this is upsetting me, label it, feel it. Where in my body am I feeling it? My stomach, I'm clenching up, okay? I'm bringing awareness to that feeling. Um, let me investigate. Why do I feel, why is this making me feel so err right now? Um, okay, it's making me feel so err right now because disagreeing with my husband is really unsettling. It scares me and makes me think that maybe we're not as compatible as I was when I married him six months ago, right? Okay, now that I'm here with that really deep fear that I have, can I nurture that? Can I see that, okay, it's actually okay to disagree on points or can I understand his point of view better because I under I took time to understand where he's coming from so that the message that comes out of my mouth next is is not trying to prove my point but rather trying to meet him where he's at. Earlier on in your response you said talking about how you were able to put these tools into place because you had the willingness. Um, I talk about willingness a lot with my therapist. Um, can you talk about like the role that willingness plays in like being able to actually like make progress yeah, and what I it mean, means? I think that Aileen said it best on her, on your last podcast. And I say it to my students all the time. The people who are the most successful with my programs are the ones who are willing to 
do the work. And being willing to do the work means that you're usually leaving something behind. So there's a sacrifice, I think, sometimes involved, which means you want, um, in, in our case, Aileen and my, my clients and myself in the past, I want the freedom and the space of, in my brain to be the real me more than I care about you know, fitting into these clothes right now. Um, whatever, whatever that sort of thing is. So I think that the willingness has to be there because the work is not fun or you think it's not going to be fun to face those demons or your past trauma or, you know, whatever it is you think that you can't get there. But if you are willing to fight for something, um, that you don't necessarily know is there, but you want it, um, and you know, it's deep within you. Like, I think it's a willingness to, to come home. Um, I think that's a deciding factor in success of everything. I think willingness though, like happens. It's like, like you said, it, it came like that program came to you at the right moment. Like maybe you knew, maybe not this specific program, but you knew of this type of practice, but you, maybe you weren't ready for it. Maybe you were just putting it off. Um, I do that with a lot of things, but I, I've found most recently that like judging yourself on top of that, like saying like, oh, you're such a procrastinator. This is so you like just putting that pressure on yourself to do something that you're not ready for pushes that willingness further. And then like kind of when it happens, like when you're ready, you'll do it and it'll feel like the right moment. That's what I've just kind of found like this, like the intuitive eating, like it was hard for me to like kind of pinpoint the journey of like what was the spark but it was just like a bunch of different things that happened that put went into place for me to be like willing to ditch diets forever like I had to go on my wedding diet for this to happen you know like all mm-hmm. of those things so I, and say I, all I had things. to have gained the weight afterwards you know like it all kind of had to happen and I think that's with, with everything, you know, like everything that's gone wrong in my life or quote unquote wrong had to happen to end up here. So that's again, having forgiveness and softness for the place and replacing that care with criticism to actually be willing to propel you forward. Yeah. I love that. That, that self-compassion definition. It just, it's makes it just for me, it speaks to me because I'm so critical or I used to be a lot more critical of myself. I'm so hard on myself. I think Sammy once said to me, you're so hard on other, or maybe my friend Marielle said that, that you're so hard on others because you're so hard on yourself. You, I can only imagine how hard you are on yourself based on how hard you are on other people. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> you're so right. And it's yeah, hard I think work, we have that compassion thing. Well, it's just sort of, you know, what's funny is that like, if, if we were able to grow our willingness or arrive at it, or I don't know, at a certain point, like we will be happier. Like I imagine you're happier not criticizing yourself. Yeah. But it's absolutely. like we have these maladaptive things that like we need to let go of, but I don't even want to say like we need to let go of them because that also sounds too harsh. That it we need to understand why we're, we need to understand why we're why they're there. What are they? What are they falsely protecting us from? So you know, we kind of jumped around all out of order today, but it all starts with our thoughts. And what I said in my stories last week is we have about sixty thousand thoughts or so a day, but ninety eight percent of them are from the day before. So we are recycling the same thoughts, ruminating and fixating on the same things. And the most, why is that? Um, Many of them are negative. And why is that? And that is because we have a negativity bias. We remember the bad. And it might not be the bad, like what you're thinking of, but we form memories around things that hurt us. So um, why? Because like we were talking about- To survive, okay. Well, yes. When we were, when we were in like, right. When we were, you know, whatever sort of animals we once were, we were in survival mode at all times. So we were constantly had our, um, our, I have my fingertips out right now. What's this word? We had our alerts on at all times to look for danger. Right. So we were constantly in this like phase and we had to, to survive. So now we have um, the, the body can't recognize like the difference between an animal running for us and fear of rejection, let's say. So it holds on to that, that sort of tension. And if we don't realize that we're holding on to all this tension that has our, our alerts on, we never, we're closed off. When we have our alerts on, we're closed off. We're not going to let anybody in. We have to soften and say, okay, there is no actually fear. This is a perceived 
reality based on a memory. Um, and rather than, than staying on alert, we don't have to. We can relax a little bit. We can soften. We can then allow to connect with people and situations in a very different way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's almost you know how sometimes like making light of something can like help you heal. It's almost funny to like, as you're saying this, what I'm envisioning is like my brain activating equivalently for like a tiger running at me and a zoom meeting. Yeah. And like <laughs> when you think about it like that, it's like so funny that you can probably like loosen up on yourself maybe a little bit like, cause it's, it's funny. Right. Yeah. It's just important to recognize that we develop the fear as a way to protect us. But when we constantly have, um, as Tara says, the on button jammed, we're, we're living on high alert. Right. Right. Um, it's time to, to soothe ourselves. And that's when we bring in the resourcing. Okay. This is, you know, let's bring some rational as my, my niece is six and her mom, my sister-in-law says like big deal, little deal when like she'll have a meltdown over, you know, nothing. And so ask yourself, you know, real danger or perceived danger and allow yourself to kind of like ask that question and, and not for any purpose, just to see what comes up. So it's important to not be so fixated on the outcome because then you're like, oh, fuck, this didn't work, even though it's a big deal. You know, there's still validity to your feelings. That's super important. But bringing some um, pers uh, perspective to it, I think, is key. I like that. Looking at it from like a big deal, little deal, sort of just <laughs> kind of rating because it, it all... Anytime I hear anybody talking about how to deal with your own emotions, your negativity, or whatever it is, like talking to yourself as if you were a kid is almost always the answer. For like, sure. I, the, break it down as simple as it can. Like Michael Scott, explain it to me like I'm eight. Like that's literally always the way to go because it's, it's, it's the easiest form. It's the simplest form of understanding. And you also have compassion for a kid. Exactly. Exactly. They're and especially innocent. your own, the best way to tap into your own self-compassion is to think of your younger self, even looking at a picture of it. Like, I don't know. I personally see myself and I'm like, you are so cute. And then all of a we're sudden I'm like, wait, that's me. I'm yeah, cute. Like you inner know? child work, cute. that kind. Cause you still have that in you <laughs> and just like having compassion for yourself because like your, your, your little self doesn't, doesn't deserve these critical thoughts. And you could you also know? see, you know, like Sammy, you mentioned like your childhood, like I had a lot of chaos around mine too. Um, and, you know, trauma doesn't need to be trauma in the, in the sense that we think we need to have like these like intense traumatic experiences like child abuse or, you know, major things. Yeah. Trauma can be um, much more micro, but still as real. Yeah. And when I look at my baby self, right? And I'm like, okay, you went through a lot of things as a kid that kind of, you know, knocked at you, yet you're still here standing, you know, you're, 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 you feel good about yourself again. And yeah, I mean, we're all just sort of like, you know, kids running around in like adult bodies and with podcast microphones and alcoholic <laughs> beverages. Like it's literally like we are just like kids who are still like in some ways healing or like being affected by those things. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, what's funny about like how we are so wrangled by our emotions like what you were sometimes okay you were saying that like there are thoughts the next day or like 98 percent of the mm -hmm. thoughts from the previous day sometimes i'll be thinking and i'll remember like something that seemed like the worst conflict ever like i was gonna die i was so upset i was crying about let's say two weeks ago i'll think back on that now i'll be like i can't believe i was so fucking upset about some about nothing. And then I'll say to myself, like, okay, next time we're really that upset, we're going to remember that in a week or two, this will be a joke and it won't matter. But it's so hard to remind, you have to remember to remember that in the moment. And even looking back, like uh, on that past thing, instead of like, okay, that was silly, get to the root of it. Why did it hurt you so bad? What was the fear? Was it fear of losing a friend, a rejection, abandonment? These are, you know, big themes, but very common themes I found that a lot of us hold. Um, and, and when we get to the root of that, then that root cause becomes your new fuel in the next fight to change what happens. Again, it's right. not always going to work out perfectly. Um, oftentimes it's not. And we're all, it's just a practice, just like in, you know, if you do yoga or even if you just work out, like you're just showing up every day and the outcome might not be a great day, but you're there and you're in for it. Yeah. 
I just want to share one thing that I just thought of this episode and then we could wrap up. I feel like we didn't even get to everything we wanted to talk about as usual with our conversations. But during this episode, even Sammy, when you said wrangled, I imagine like all people are just from when they're born, they're just like little strings. (laughs) And then they like slowly string. No, they're just (laughs) strings. And then they slowly based on their experiences, based on whatever their parents or their environment, they're, they're getting into, they become different types of knots, right? Like they have their own, like whether it's a necklace, you can imagine whatever. And we turn into these like whether it's a tight knot or a loose knot, depending on your experience. But slowly, as we become more aware adults or individuals, we slowly untangle those as much as we can, you know, like everybody untangles to their own degree. But like doing this type of mindful work or like doing any type of self-work, I think is the, is visually like the slow, like pulling one apart so you can pull another one apart, you know, because yeah. As someone who is actually very good at untangling jewelry, the key to untangling jewelry is to do it softly and not pull harder. On, not on a surface. Something here. Yeah, on a yeah. surface. So yeah. with support. And like you have to pull one in order to get to another one so that you can pull the other one further. And then they slow, it slowly just becomes easy. The great <laughs> visual. I know, I know we're running low on time, but I love that so much. And I think that what happens each time we get a knot, we harden, we throw on another layer of protection and we Mm -hmm. keep hardening, hardening, hardening so that we're so closed. And if you literally picture the heart, you become closed hearted, which doesn't allow you to have intimate relationships or, or lead with vulnerability. So as you untie the knot and you learn about yourself, your heart's opening, opening, has more space. Yeah. So it's an expansion and a growth, which is way more better than like a shriveled raisin or a knot. I don't know. I think of like a raisin that's all like tight, you know, versus a grape. <laughs> Juicy grape. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, it's just funny. Like all every analogy that we had during this like hour, I just um, that the my, that visualization just kept getting stronger and it kind of works. So I'm going to go with that because yeah. it also allows for self-compassion because you're like, OK, I didn't. I'm not do nothing has to be to an extreme because you know you're in this like process throughout your whole life. So yeah. knots aren't gonna undo themselves, but they make themselves naturally. Like you like your your necklaces you can't get naughty judge it. Yeah, no you can't what. judge it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like existing in this world, nodding is yeah, uh just you a know. little wrangled knot. And we're just yeah. living and then you could also look at it with compassion because it's what does this not know? <laughs> we can polish this jewelry and, and bring it back into the rotation. Yeah, what is this there's, there's intelligence to every experience or emotion. So don't be afraid to learn what's in the knot. Yeah. What's in the knot? Oh God, yeah. not the knot. Not um, the knot. B- back to weddings, obviously. But thank you so much for joining us today. We love talking to you. We love also... I just need to come to your house one day because um, we looks need to get this. We need so to get this. fucking peaceful. <laughs> um, and lunch there one day. Yeah, Wait. we're gonna have lunch, and yeah, lunch meeting. Everybody, go follow Lisa at the Well Necessities. What can you share again? What that program is for everybody who's wondering? Yeah, it's called Power of Awareness. Can I just give you guys a link and then you'll put it so it's easy? Yeah, we'll put that on our story. So look sure. out for that on Sunday. And I'm um, here to you guys can DM me to ask ask me questions about it um, to see if it is right for you. Yeah, uh, so definitely DM Lisa as much as you want. <laughs> And we'll DM us at Sammy at Aileen. And guys, don't forget to tune in to this coming week's bonus episode. We have a gynecologist who's coming on to talk about periods and quarantine and what isn't considered a quote unquote normal period. So don't miss that. And we're always with you. Through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is hosted by Aileen Cooperman and Sammy Fishbein. Our editor is Sean Kilby. Our podcast producers are Mike Coscarelli, Sean Kilby, and Carly Rice. And artwork is by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram and email your questions and non-scale wins to dst at betches.com. Betches.